0: Good morning. Today's Bible reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Through For a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Good
1: morning. We haven't just lost power as I came to the stage. It is all planned. Um, Today's a bit different. We're going to um, just... Make myself a little bit of room here. It is a family service. It's great having a family service. It's fantastic being part of a family. Um, do you agree? Thank you. I heard that, Joanna. It's great being part of a family. Uh, one of the things I love being part of a family uh, because of is, is just the way that this family comes together. Um, Kayleen was meant to be on piano this morning, but unfortunately the uh, the Wellings family have suffered the Hoffman curse, and uh, one of their children has broken an arm. So um, Kayleen couldn't do piano, and um, she was going to be the female singer as well this morning. And so Emma's jumped onto singing. Um, but Emma was meant to be on cameras, so Dave jumped into cameras. He's done cameras three weeks in a row because of things like this. And what a fantastic music and AV team we have, hey? Yeah. Isn't it great being part of a family? Oh, man. <laughs> okay. I know rhetorical questions are meant to be questions that just sit there and you don't answer them, but I don't mind if you answer re- rhetorical questions. But. Um, It it really is good to be part of uh, this team And and I just want to thank our music and AV teams Who who do so much uh, for our church And uh, they're they're a great bunch of people And if you want to be part, you're welcome to be a part of those Now, uh, boys and girls, children I've got something a little different planned today And we're working our way through the book of Romans But I've got uh, some things that I want to sort of have a little bit of assistance with so if there are any children who want to come down the front uh, you can either sit on the floor there's a, a row of chairs there if you want the, the front row of seats come on down thank you thank you I've got two I must be big and scary I know I'm big but I'm not scary I hope hey three perfect oh, and here comes some more fantastic okay now I'm going to need a little bit of help um, today and uh, I'll come to that in a minute. But boys and girls, in um, church on Sundays, when you guys are out in children's ministry, the, the parents have been looking at the book of Romans in the Bible. And today we're talking about being established in peace. That's a, that's a difficult concept. What does that mean? So I'm hoping... That I can help us to understand this and we're talking today about the peace in which we stand now uh, parents who were listening carefully to the bible reading might have noticed the phrase the grace in which we stand and I've just sort of taken that and tweaked it a little bit to talk about the peace in which we stand but um, here's a bit of an outline can you read that up there yeah sort of font size a bit small Um, So verse 1 we talk about peace unlocked, verse 1 we also talk about peace entered, verses 1 and 2 we talk about the peace in which we stand, verses 3 to 5 we talk about peace today and verses 6 to 8 we talk about peace is brought by love and then at the end of the passage and that should say verses 9 to 11 we talk about rejoicing in peace. Now all of that might not make sense to you yet but I'm hoping by the end it will. Now, I'm feeling like that's not the slide I wanted to go to there. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll talk a bit about what's happened in Romans up till now. Okay, so God's wrath. Anyone know what wrath means? What's the word wrath mean? you had it but you forgot Noah power what, what was that chaos. chaos maybe maybe any of the other boys or girls any of the older ones that haven't come forward with their any, any of the young people want to guess what does wrath mean no one Is there an adult who would like to guess what wrath means? Or who knows the answer? If you're American, you call it wrath. What is God's wrath? Anger. 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 Thank you, Joanna. Thank you. Okay. In earlier parts of the book of Romans, it's been talking about God's angry. God's got anger against people who sin. That doesn't sound nice, does it? It also talks about God's judgment and it tells us that everyone gets judged. What do we get judged for, boys and girls? What do we get judged for? Uh, hang on. Uh, what? Oh, we, we are loved. That's a really good answer. We are loved by God, but what do we get in trouble from God for? Well, if, yeah, if we don't do the right thing. Sinning, yeah, sinning, doing the wrong thing. We get in trouble from God for that. God's going to judge people for that. And a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jonathan talked about this. Nobody is perfect. Okay, and and often we think, well, no one's perfect. That's all right, isn't it? But in God's eyes, that's not okay. Now, this is just sort of background, Today's passage made me think of a movie that you might have seen. Has anyone seen the movie Prince Caspian? Oh man. Uh, adults, older older oh man, okay, so parents of this age group, you need to show them the Narnia movies. Has any have any of your children seen the movie The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe? Ah, okay, alright. So we okay. You know what I'm talking about a bit then. Okay, the second movie in the series. Did you know that The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the first book, um, well, it's technically not the first book, but it's the most well-known book in a series of books by a man called C.S. Lewis, and they're called the Narnia Chronicles. Great parents, read them with your kids. In the second movie, which is probably technically speaking the third or fourth book, I don't know. It's, it's called Prince Caspian. And at the end of Prince Caspian, right, there's this scene. Now, you know the story of the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. They go through a wardrobe and they come into a, a whole new world called Narnia. All right? Now, that wardrobe is like a portal. And, and here, I, I thought people would have seen Prince Caspian. At the end of Prince Caspian some people go through that hole in the tree and it's like a portal. It's like we're in this world and we go through the door and we come to a brand new world. Now, I've got a portal here today but I need a little bit of help from two children to get the portal. So what's your name? Zach? Zach? Okay, come on, Zach. And I'll get... um, Andrew, you're about the same height as Zach. Okay, I need you to go through the curtain there and you'll find the portal. You need to be very careful with it and you need to carry it in here to the stage. It's not very heavy, but you'll see what we've got. Okay, so we've got a portal. Be careful. These magical sort of doorways are very, very Special. Now I want you to come up on here on stage with it, please, and we'll set it right in the middle here. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Just okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about portals, right? It just looks normal. Um couple of you little ones. Can I get a couple of you little children up here? Come on, come on, don't be shy. Come and stand around the back here. Oh, you're not meant to do that. (laughs) Okay. When you're on this side of the portal, you can see back to this way at the moment, can't you? And you guys can see that way. That's because it's actually not working at the moment. (laughs) Okay? All right. So... A portal like this, it just looks like a doorway. And you can see through it. I mean, I can see you. Can everyone see these two? What are your names? Ellie and Oliver. Can everyone see Ellie and Oliver? Of course you can. That's because the portal's not open yet. All right, you can go back to your seats. All right. So, today's passage to me. It's like having a portal, because it talks about what happens when we're on this side of the doorway. It talks very briefly about the doorway itself. It talks very briefly about going through the door, and then it talks about what happens when you get through to the world on the other side. And it talks a bit then, well, we'll come to that. So we've got peace is unlocked. And in the Bible passage that we're looking at today, in Romans chapter 5, there's just six words that talk about the unlocking of peace. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified. Justified's a big jargon word, isn't it? It's not easy to understand. But what it means is, since... We've been made right in God's sight. When God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. When God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. So if you want to imagine that this is our portal, Jesus is the one who unlocks it. If you had a big door there with a massive great lock, Jesus unlocks the door and he opens the door so that we can go through it. So, those first six words in Romans 5, therefore we have been justified, is just saying between us and God, between earth and heaven, Jesus has unlocked and opened the door. Do you want to go to heaven one day? Do you hope that you'll be with God in heaven in the future? Well, Jesus is the one who's unlocked the door and opened it. And then the next two words talk about us entering heaven. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, by faith is us stepping through the door. It just looks, it doesn't even look like a door, does it? It looks like, a clothing rack but and you can see through it at the moment but for us to move from earth to heaven we have to step through the door and the way we do that is by trusting Jesus by faith now I threw this slide up earlier and I'll just come back to it I want us all I reckon this is great Pastor Jonathan brought this to our attention from the passage a couple of weeks ago eight little words that talk about moving from the kingdom of earth to the kingdom of heaven about that talk about what Jesus has done for us but now a gift the gift is that Jesus has unlocked the door and he's opened it up who's the gift for it's for everyone and how do we receive the gift by faith we trust Jesus and we do that by stepping through the doorway now remember we we got a bit of a problem God's angry about sin and God says that he will bring judgment on those who sin that's us nobody's perfect and that's not okay so this is where we're at Jesus has unlocked the door and opened it up and if we want to go one day to be with Jesus in heaven we need to trust him have faith in him and step through that door now who would like to be the person who steps through this portal into another world who's someone that hasn't done something yet Elliot Elliot Come on, mate. Come on up. Okay, now before you go through the door, I just want to set the scene for us again, right? We live in this world, right? This is the world where we do things wrong. I don't know about you, Elliot. I know I do things wrong. You don't have to answer, but just every child, every adult here, are there things that you've done that you know I did the wrong thing? Sometimes you purposely chose to do the wrong thing even though you knew it was wrong. And God says, there's punishment for that. But Jesus has unlocked the door. Jesus died on the cross. He took my sin, He took Elliot's sin, He took Pastor Eddie's sin, He took everyone's sin. And he's unlocked the door to a new world. All we have to do is choose in our heads, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to place my faith in you for the forgiveness of my sins. And when you do that, and then you step through this doorway. Woo! All right. All right. Thanks, it's Elliot. Kind of movie the sun. Uh, <laughs> it was like he walked out of a movie theater into the bright sun. Yes, thanks, Elliot. When we step into faith, when we step by faith into the new world, we come to the peace in which we stand. And in verses 1 and 2, it tells us a number of things about this new world the children in the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, they went through the wardrobe door and all of a sudden they were in a winter wonderland. Except it wasn't so fun, was it? Because it was under a curse. It was always winter, it was never summer. But when we step into God's world, it's peaceful. It's, to me, this picture is a picture I think that's a really beautiful, peaceful scene. There's a number of things that God does for us that we experience when we're living in his new world, when we step by faith into his world. We have peace with God. Now, peace isn't just a nice feeling inside. Peace with God means we're not at war with him anymore. There's been a ceasefire declared God has forgiven us. We have peace with God. We have access to God, we're told in this passage. And, you know, access is a bit like, imagine if you were called into the headmaster's office. They call it a headmaster or principal in your school. Yeah, headmaster, principal. Principal, okay. Imagine you were called to go to the principal's office. Can you just go and walk in? Would you get in trouble if you just one, one day at recess, you just said, oh, I'm going to go and walk in and say hello to the principal. Do you think you'd get in trouble if you just walked in without asking? Maybe. The Bible tells us we have access to God, but it's, it's not just that we can walk in whenever we want in a sense. It's that someone has introduced us. When you go to the principal's office, maybe none of you have been because you're good boys and girls and you haven't been called in to the principal's office. But normally, if you go to the principal's office, there's a person who's the assistant. And that person, you you go and say, I'm here to see Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. I'm here to see the principal. And that person goes in and, and they say, What's your name? And they they bring you to the door and they say to the principal, here's Noah Hoffman. You get introduced. Who does the introducing to God in this new world? Who introduces us to God's throne room? I heard it. Say it a bit louder. Jesus. Thank you. Jesus introduces us into the throne room. We have access to God. It's bec- we have access because Jesus has introduced us into there. We stand in grace. That means in this new world that we live in, we have the gift from God of mercy. He doesn't treat us the way our sins deserve. He treats us like daughters and sons. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. There's a lot more in this if you want to dig into it deeper, but I'm just going to go quickly. In verses 3 to 5, though, it talks about difficult things that happen. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. I don't know, boys and girls, have, have you ever had something bad happen that wasn't your fault in your family? Maybe someone broke an arm. Or maybe something else bad happened. Maybe someone at school called your name or said something nasty about you. These three verses, verses 3, 4, and 5, are talking about us being on this side of the portal. Because when we trust in Jesus... We're standing in a new world, but we're a bit like the children in Narnia. They lived in that world for a while, but then they came back to earth. And now, those children, they're living on earth, but they have the reality of the new world in their hearts. When we trust Jesus... We're still living on this earth, this earth that's got all sorts of sin and trouble and trials, but we're living on this earth with heaven in our hearts and the reality of heaven in our hearts. And that helps us when we go through difficult times. When we suffer things, we learn from the Bible that suffering produces endurance so when you're encountering something terrible in your life, doesn't matter whether you're a child or an adult, because there's plenty of terrible things that happen to us as adults as well, the reality of the new world in our hearts helps us to endure through suffering. It helps us to keep going because we know one day we're going to be with God where there's peace, it helps us to keep going because we know that God has forgiven us. And, and that endurance, it builds character in us. It builds a testedness. It, it means we've, we've seen things happen and we can go through them. We know Jesus went through everything for us. He, he died on a cross for us. And because we know about the new world, we have the character of having been tested, having seen God being faithful, and so that produces hope. So on this side of the portal, looking through to the other side, we know that there's a real world the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and we live life on this side in light of that reality. Just a reminder, the peace that we have with God is brought to us by God's love for us. This passage says, While we were still weak, some versions say while we were still sinners, at the right time, God, Christ died for the ungodly. God loved us so much. You know, it goes on and says, you know, sometimes someone might die for a good person. You know, someone that's really, really good person. No, no, no. Everyone's bad, yep. That's, yeah. Do you know someone who, even though they make mistakes, they're a pretty good person? How about your dads? Hopefully, on Father's Day, for most of you, that's the case. You know, the Bible says here, yeah, sometimes if there was someone who was a really, really good person, maybe someone else might choose to die for them, take their place. You know, like, just say you can see an accident coming and and someone that you loved, someone that you know is a really good person was going to die and you can step in and save them. If the person wasn't a very nice person, you'd probably say, oh, let it happen. But if the person was really nice, really good person... You might say, I'm going to step into the way and push them out of the way. There's a car coming to hit them. I'm going to push them out of the way, even if it means I'm going to die, but they'll keep living because they're such a good person. Hopefully your mum and dad would do that for you. I'm sure they would. Um, But, you know, if if it was a really bad person standing in the way of a car that was about to come and knock them over, you might just say, oh, That's their problem. So this is what the Bible's saying, okay? But if it's a really good person, there might be someone who says, I'll get in the way, you get out of the way, I'll save you. But here's the really amazing thing. The Bible tells us that God loves us so much that even though we do bad things, He died for us. Jesus took my place. He took your place, even though we do bad things, even though we're sinners. That's how much God loves us. It's immense. It's incredible. It's spectacular love. Mums and dads, adults, you know, the kids might not get all of this, but we know, don't we? who we are, what we've done, what we regret doing, how we've hurt other people, how we've hurt God. And while we were doing all of that, Christ loved us so much that he died for us. It's love that made Jesus unlock the door. So that we could go through it. And finally, you know, this passage, it wants us to rejoice because God's done so much for us. He's made us have a relationship with him if we want it. If we want to step through the door, he says, come, I've opened the door for you. Come in, have peace with me. I will save you. In verses 9 to 11, it talks about how much more God will save us because he's already done the work on the cross. And if we will just trust him, we can trust him not just for now, but for the new world, for the world on the other side of the portal door, for the kingdom of heaven, we can trust him. Let's rejoice in that. There are so many things that God has done for us. I'm coming to a close now. And this is our application question. We've got all of these things. Justification, peace, grace, hope, glory, love, salvation, reconciliation. What's your story of rejoicing in God? I heard one this morning One of our church members, she might want to say something about this because we're going to invite people to share a testimony. Oh, no, we'll go back. Did I just press the button? There we go. That's that. Okay. What's your story of rejoicing? Thanks, Jonathan. What's your story of rejoicing? I I want to hear stories. Let's tell some testimonies. What are you glad about? What's God done for you? How do peace and grace relate in your everyday life? How does the love of God prompt you?